You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your post-game Victory Monday edition of Locked On Browns. And for the first time in three calendar years, I have been the host here, folks. The Cleveland Browns have a winning record, currently 2-1 and one through week three in the 2020 NFL season. Your post-game Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. It wasn't pretty. There are some, certainly some things to be improved upon. The defense needed some feel-good moments. They got those today. The offense, good, bad. Um, Pete Smith, of course, joining here from Sports Illustrated for your post-game episode. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Follow Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked on Browns. You guys know the drill. DMs open. Locked on Browns is a follow back account. Pete, and this is where I was actually thinking about you today during this game is one thing that I, I take away from this game today was from the coaching aspect. Um, Redskins going a little bit early. Browns retool things in the second quarter. Third quarter, same type of thing. This was a chess match. And as far as coaches and what you're doing, all right, we got to counteract that. What I'm doing, okay, I got to counteract what they're doing. And I thought that was kind of the case is, you know, the way the game went on, you know, everybody kind of adjusting on the fly as far as, you know, the way this game was coached. And obviously for Cleveland, um, got it going back again in the fourth quarter where we have not seen this team do this in the past. But they were able to put it together, muster together when it was needed most on the offensive side of the ball after the defense was creating opportunities. Well, it was a chess match. I mean, that was largely what this game came down to is is the Washington defensive line is really, really good. Uh, Brown's offensive line is is really, really good. And you got to sort of see who was going to sort of win that matchup and how the two teams were going to work through it. Um, and then, you know, you, you know, Chase Young goes out with an injury to his groin that changed the complexion of the game. Matt Ioannidis goes out with an injury uh, to his arm that changed the complexion of the game, but they, you know, the uh, Washington sort of hung tough and, and played and you saw Baker Mayfield sort of have to be patient, take what the defense was giving him and find ways to move the ball down the field when the running game wasn't working. And at, there were multiple points where he did a really nice job of that. Um, he, you know, in years past, you know, that, that would have been a situation where maybe he makes a, a big mistake because he wants to get aggressive when he shouldn't. Washington was, was playing super deep to try to take away the deep passing game and forcing him to play underneath. Uh, in the past, that has been, you know, effective recipe to allow him to sort of make his own mistakes at times, and he didn't do it. Uh, he, you know, they didn't turn the ball over. They, they did, they, they, they 
punted a number of times. There were times when the offense wasn't doing much. There were times when it was frustrating in terms of what they weren't doing. And, and there was clearly a point where fans sunk into, oh, here we go again when the when Washington took the lead 20 to 17 and they hung in there. They they took advantage of mistakes made by Washington and they capitalized and they won the game that way. And when you don't turn the ball over and your your, your drives end with uh, kicks. And I know a lot of people were making fun of uh, who was it? Was it McCarthy who said this? Yeah, said which is a commonplace thing at every level of coaching. You want your drives to end in kicks, uh, extra points preferably, but you'll live with punts uh, because it just gives you an opportunity to win and hang in there. And then Washington made those mistakes. Uh, the Browns took advantage and capitalized 24 points off off of five turnovers. Uh, and they only scored 20. So just off that, they won the game. And that's, you know, uh, we, you know, there are people who are going to criticize this type of win and that's fine, but that's how teams like the Steelers have been winning for years. And those type of wins add up and you find yourself in the playoffs with an opportunity to uh, go further than that. And the thing is, and look, I mean, style points, look, for where this team is at and where this franchise is at, ain't none of this about style points. It's not. Finding a way to grind it through for 60 minutes. Um, get the opportunity um, when some things aren't going right, where Washington looked really good with a couple of drives. And then all of a sudden now you get B.J. Goodson. Look, we've all been critical about B.J. Goodson to this point. You know, makes a couple of crucial plays with a fumble recovery, with an interception. Miles Garrett with the hat trick. Sack, force fumble, fumble recovery, and being able to capitalize off of these things. Um, I'm just going to go to this one here, and I guess, you know, since we've kind of been going to the offensive side of the ball here, and this is where Pete, look, it wasn't fantastic, um, but we'll talk about, you know, two individuals here. Wyatt Teller, um, a guy we've been backing since the day he finally got his opportunity to play for this franchise in week eight, week nine, whatever it was last year. And then Jedrick Wills. Look, we knew for Jedrick Wills this was going to be a difficult day. You were facing five-star NFL athletes at the defensive end position. Granted, Chase Young left early with a groin injury. But Montez Sweat, a player that you and I certainly boasted about a couple of draft cycles ago, about what he possibly could be. Not the best of days for a guy like Jedrick Wells. Wills, uh, which is fine because, look, you were, you know, you're learning on the fly, um, limited. Um, but even with, you know, the struggles today, a couple of penalties, you know, the sack allowed, it didn't hurt the overall product and what the overall, overall goal is to walk out of there today with a win. But we talked about these two gentlemen where they were going to be at best, hey, if they're the fourth, fifth best offensive lineman on this team and not too much happens, that's great. They played above that, and I think we all kind of agree, agree to that to this point. But, the, you know, with Wills, there's still going to be some struggles. But Wyatt Teller, and we talked about this, maybe he's not the ideal scheme fit. Yes, Callahan loved him. But this guy has just, I mean, put the nose to the grind and just gone in day out. And to the point where he doesn't look like necessarily he doesn't fit this offensive system. This is the effort this guy has put in to be a solid player in this league. And him pulling and with that big, massive physique coming at you, you're a defensive back. It's like, all right, well, just don't bury me in the ground. I understand it's over. I understand I'm a race. But please, whatever you do, man, don't kill me, 77. Well, I think White Taylor is actually a really good fit in this game. He tested really well coming out of Virginia Tech. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's just a really good athlete. Um, it was always a question of would, it, would his power sort of 
show itself on the field. And now he's a bulldozer. And and I don't know how many times it was, but it felt like the Brown, every big Browns run was kick out wide trap or counter uh, with White Teller leading the way. So, you know, he's become super valuable. At this point, you know, if you want to figure out where the Browns are, are having success running the ball, you just find Wyatt Teller because somewhere he's involved. Uh, Jedrick Wills, you know, Montez Sweat is a genuine freak. As I said beforehand, and, and people were like, he's not that great of an athlete. He's not Miles Garrett. No, he's absolutely on that level. He is a, of a freak show. Uh, you know, 260 pounds, and you run a 4-4-1 at the combine. And that's, you know, he, he did a full workout, seven, seven, uh, flat three cone, all that stuff. He was outstanding. And Jedrick Wills had a hard time with him. He had some nice run blocks, but this is the growth process. And I think this was a, a growing game for a lot of people, including Baker Mayfield, uh, Wyatt Teller and, and some of those others. I, I would like to see, you know, Kareem Hunt play better than he did today. He, you know, everybody's going to praise him for the catch he made and, and the touchdown pass, but he really wasn't. He was playing wide receiver on that play, Pete. He was playing wide receiver. And there was a certain guy who comes on Lockdown Browns a lot and does some great work over at SI who said, hey, maybe we don't have to worry about the wide receiver position so much because you can probably have Kareem Hunt do some of that. Well, they only had four active today. Uh, And then JoJo Natson goes down with a knee. Um, They had Rashard Higgins as a healthy scratch. I don't know what you make of that, but that not very good. Not, that's not a good situation right now, seemingly. Kareem, I mean, maybe Richard Higgins didn't need to listen to Baker Mayfield. Um, look, I mean, we were all for it, and you know, we want to maybe relive you know, the little magic they had in 2018. But maybe this team is past that, and Richard Higgins, this might, this could possibly start to become the norm here because obviously, at some point, they're going to want to get a look at DPJ. But go ahead, Pete. My theory on that is he he's not a good blocker. I mean, that's that's where I'm going with this right now. I I could be wrong on that. But Kadero Hodge blocks. He is not giving you much as a receiver. Uh, he, he, he blocks, though. Jarvis Landry blocks. Odell Beckham blocks. Obviously, Kareem Hunt can block. Uh, but this, is a, this seems to be right now a no-block, no-rock type team. And I don't know what Higgins gives you in that because he's just not a very big guy. Uh, uh, and, you know, he's not really built like that. But at the same time, now that JoJo Natson's out, he may have, it, it, depending on the severity of that, he may have to sort of step up. But that's sort of where I'm going. I'm with you on this is if Natson's out for a long period of time, one, I, I don't see a reason to really keep him at that point. And that's, you know, I, I hope he's healthy, but I'm just, I, I'm not seeing anything that warrants him being here thus far. He's not much on a kick return. He, he middle schooled the, uh, the jet sweep he got by hesitating and waiting. And he got three yards when he could have gotten more. Uh, they obviously had set up something with him on that early screen that they never went back to where he was on a wheel and he would have been wide open, but they were sort of pot committed to that play. Uh, but I'm just not seeing much. And if Donovan Peoples Jones is getting better at practice, then if, if they don't like what Dearness Johnson does, and clearly they didn't last year, or they wouldn't have brought Natson in this year. If he gets better, uh, then then Donovan Peoples-Jones has an avenue to get on the field. And we always said it was going to be special teams before anything else. Uh, so that becomes you know seemingly an opportunity. And if he's active because he's returning punts and kicks, then it's very easy to find ways to sort of get him a you know a couple snaps and use that big body and stuff. I'm mean, obviously Kareem Hunt was in there. They used Harrison Bryant in there, who was a little bit up and down, had had a big drop on third and five, but came through with the touchdown was wide open. 
so, I mean, look, they've got some young guys who are growing. I was really happy that they did more with Austin Hooper. Uh, yep. Obviously, Mayfield missed one out route that that he was just overthrew it. He, that was a play he missed twice, one to Hooper and one to Beckham. Uh, yep. The other bad throw he had was that he was trying. He he read it right. He had it exactly right when he was trying to go po- uh, into the corner with Beckham. And then whether it was mm-hmm. the guy's face, I don't know if the ball got tipped or what, but it came out like a punt. And uh, Beckham had to knock it down. But he was right because Apke was uh, square to the ball. Beckham was breaking behind him, and he was going to be wide open in that corner of the end zone, but the ball just didn't get there. So I thought Baker Mayfield read the game really, really well in this. So there was a lot of things to 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 enjoy about this, even if you didn't get the you know you know three hundred, four hundred passing yards that you, you would you would like to see from him uh, defensively. It's Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, and nine guys named Fred. I mean, there's just nothing that that gives me much hope. I, I Carl Joseph stepped up. He he showed sort of what Carl Carl Joseph things can be. Uh, he also swung the ball like a loaf of bread and got it punched out. And they probably should have lost that ball uh, on the interception. But he he had a productive day. Um, B.J. Goodson's a liability in a lot of things. He was awful today. Uh, there was just a couple things that were just problematic and mac wilson i don't know if he re-aggravated something but he went in got killed and then got went right back out so i don't know if that's a a health thing with him or they're just like wow he was really bad because the play was it was him getting killed at the second level and opening up that big uh that first jet sweep that went to the left uh that they had to track down i think carl carl joseph popped that guy on that play but uh linebacker continues to be an issue safety continues to be an issue and we don't know what the story is with Denzel Ward. Was that a precautionary deal? Did he re-aggravate the groin? Did something else happen? I don't know, but he went out. Kevin Johnson went in. I don't know that we heard Kevin Johnson's name at all when he was in because he seemed to be doing a nice job. Uh, and Tavier Thomas continues to play. Uh, I will give him credit on this. He's really good at taking on blocks when they try to throw smoke screens. He is a pain in the ass at bubbling that blocker back and sort of forcing that opportunity uh in in that situation so uh, all all the credit to him on that he still can't cover anyone uh but that was an improvement for him and we'll get to this here in a little bit and um we'll flip it over obviously a little bit deeper into the uh defensive side of the ball here on your post game victory monday lockdown browns jeff lloyd and pete smith from sports illustrated it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a stay-at-home parent or you spend six hours a day, eight hours a day, perhaps, in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you support when you need it and where it matters the most and to make it even easier to try this product. Uh, amazing dual of products, topicals, and everything else CBD MDS to offer. They are offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all caps, spaces in between at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD, promo code LOCKED all caps, space on, space, NFL, to 
get 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products. Again, from CBDMD. The Carl Joseph interception return, Pete, definitely had the Benny Benny Hill feel to it. Luckily, Tavier Thomas saved that. Um, the, the the tackle in the backfield, you know, good play, big play by Tavier Thomas at a time where the you know the, uh, Washington was driving at the point. You know, uh, Sheldon Richardson with the pass batted down and yet another sack. And Miles Garrett, and, and this is Pete. It, and again, for those who just don't get it, it's not. Ne- it's never what Miles Garrett can do over the entire game. And looking at a stat sheet, it's the impact he can have between one single pass rush at a time. Obviously, this one in the fourth quarter where you get the hat trick on that. And just seeing guys, and you know, we, we got to see some new guys today. Kevin Johnson, he was obviously involved, part of the tackle that led to you know Dontrell Inman, you know, getting injured and leaving the game. Uh, and then you know some NJ Stewart out there flying around for the first time. We really got to see him play more. Uh, but you know, the two fumble recoveries, interceptions for Goodson, interceptions for Joseph. I mean, just all over the place. The defense today, Malcolm Smith with a great deke on Dwayne Haskins. And look, Dwayne Haskins may be it one day, maybe not it one day for the Washington, uh, you know, for the Washington football team. But you get them in these positions where you're able to just cover and, and force the young quarterback. And when I had talked with Chris Russell, and I know Pete talked with him this week, he covers uh, Washington for SI just like Pete does. There's like times where Dwayne Haskins looks pretty good, and then there's times where it's you know he's not been able to put anything together yet, especially this season. Um, and you saw that obviously today, but this defense and they needed Pete, they needed some feel good moments, especially when they were getting gashed here and there. And like you said about Carl, jo- Carl Joseph, the interception, the big pop, you see what gets people excited about Carl Joseph. Of course you want to see consistency, but you got to see some really good things from this defense today. Granted more is needed. We want to see Olivier Vernon in the fold. Your fingers crossed on Denzel Ward. Maybe it was a, he was on a pitch count today and he was only going to be able to go as far as he could go. Who knows what that scenario. But this defense needed a day where they can feel good about themselves and you know taking it to the end zone where everybody celebrates, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, look, Dwayne Haskins, I, I, I'm expecting if you chart it where he gets rid of the ball in about 2.5 seconds you know, or under, he was great. I, I expect his rating is probably, you know, 80s, 90s. Uh, when he held onto the ball longer than that, I expect it was below 50. Um, he, he, you know, he stared down some receivers at times and, and, you know, made some mistakes, but it all starts with pressure when the Browns were able to get pressure and it was miles Garrett and, 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 uh, and Sheldon Richardson, the two key guys in that respect, uh, he made mistakes and miles Garrett had two sacks um, he had the forced fumble and the fumble recovery, but even there were plays where he didn't get him who he just was there or got a very, very late, you know, a little push on him or something. And like the, the interception he threw to BJ Goodson was wide open, wide open. And, he didn't, and Haskins didn't miss him, but that was pressure. And, you know, when that, um, when, when that happens, you, you, you know, you have to, trust your reads and move on. And it seems like the more pressure he felt, the more he wanted to stare down and wait for that one target. And obviously most of the time it was Terry McLaurin. Uh, but there were times when he was looking at other guys and, and Malcolm Smith just read his eyes the whole way on his interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, they obviously got a couple fumbles. The one didn't matter. It was at the end of the half, but I, I'll still take it. 
And, uh, you know, they made the most of those opportunities. Those are easy ways to, to get, you know, create momentum, uh, get your offense revved up, and they scored 24 points off those turnovers. And when you do that, you're going to win. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Uh, you don't win – you don't lose when you, when you have a, a plus five turnover differential. And, you know, that's sort of the goal here is the Browns want to avoid turnovers. I thought that was a big thing for them this week. Just avoid turning the ball over. And they did that. And now they win. Uh, and I thought if they could be patient and get pressure on Haskins, he would eventually find, you know, find the banana peel. And he did. And that's that's sort of what he does. Uh, and you have a couple of great players who were great players. Sheldon Richardson, um, you know, I, I'm – so far, he's been super consistent, um, and and when he's doing that, Miles Garrett's able to play the way he does. Uh, that becomes a really difficult duo to stop. You know, I don't. I, I'd be curious to know how, exactly how many snaps we saw from Adrian Claiborne. It did, certainly seemed like he was on a little bit of a pitch count. They moved Garrett around. They allowed him to sort of create some pressure. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi had a few moments. I mean, probably not as good as he has been uh, in previous games. And then you saw more Vincent Taylor. Um, he looked slow, by the way, just, just really slow. But, uh, you know, they mm -hmm. got beat a, a couple times uh, uh, up front that, that were concerning. But, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson looked he, – he's he continues to be my hope for that Washington offense. He's so athletic, and he looked like he was going to be a spark for them before they turned over the ball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't have to be pretty uh, – but uh, you, you do things right, you win the game. Uh, and, you know, uh, obviously for Harrison Bryant, congratulations. You never get you first. So Harrison Bryant on that. Uh, and just starting to see some other players when the opportunity arises, you know, do some things. Uh, I got two points I want to get to with Pete here and stuff we have, you know, talked about, you know, uh, you know through the week getting, you know, leading up to game time here. So we're going to get to that here. Your Locked On Browns. Post game show victory Monday on locked on Browns. The improved built bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non nut flavors, including six brand new flavors, caramel, brownie cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp. Some of your original favorites, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, and my personal favorite mint, Brownie bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are also great with the keto diet, the flavor profile for the cookies and cream 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code locked on for $10 off at spiltbar.com. Pete, we had talked during the week about adapting and changing. Um, Mike Freefer was in this situation as far as the kickoff coverage team. And what are you going to do here? Um, if you're not sure whether or not this kickoff coverage unit can do what worked last year, which was hanging it dangling it right around the goal line, forcing returns. Today, they said, you want to know what? This isn't working. Cody blasted to the stinking river, and Cody Parkett, Cody Parkey did it time and time again. 
It was better. It was it was certainly better. Um, you know, in so many ways, I just I you know call it arrogant. I just I, I looked at this game as a way for the Browns to sort of compete against themselves more than Washington outside of that offensive line defensive line matchup, which I which I thought was a heavyweight bout that delivered up until Chase Young was out. Like that was that was a great matchup, and and I was hoping we'd get to see more of it. It doesn't hurt my feelings that the Browns won in no small part because they were out, but. You know, that's sort of how it goes. Uh, but uh, the rest of it, it just felt like an opportunity for the Browns to find ways to improve. Uh, Carl Joseph obviously improved. Miles Garrett and you know Sheldon Richardson were, were dominant. Uh, the kick kicking game was better. Punt return continues to be under underwhelming. The kick co- punt coverage is pretty good. Uh, they they did a nice job of that and. Uh, I give credit to Jamie Gillen. He had a couple of less than ideal snaps that he was able to do. And last year, those were situations where he might have shanked yep. punts. And in, in this game, he got those off. They weren't always booming, but he did get a couple of big punts off and he was able to flip the field a couple of times. So that was an improvement. Um, you know, it, it, onward and upward, I guess, I, you know, because I, I didn't love either the, the, the last field goal decision, uh, you know, they won and ultimately Washington conceded, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but they were, they opted to yeah, go that really was. They opted to go up 14 uh, with a minute and eight left as opposed to going for it and going up potentially 18 as opposed to staying at 11 difference between a two score and a three score game. But then Washington got the ball with a minute and eight and didn't even try. That was, I, I, and they had all their timeouts too, or at least one of uh, at least two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't even take it like as an opportunity for, hey, Haskins, this is a two-minute drill. Let's get some work in. They just said, hey, we're going to run the ball and move on to next. <laughs> exactly. I, I, that to me, that's that's not a good look for Ron Rivera. Uh, I, I I don't think that helps you build something. Um, I think you, you have an opportunity to get these live reps, and you have a young quarterback that's trying to get better. You have an offense trying to gain confidence. You have players like Antonio Gibson trying to get better, and maybe you basically decide, look, we don't want him to get beat up. Uh, by these pass rushers, but uh, still, uh, you know, if you if you get a big play and score, you know, you go for an onside kick. Who knows? But uh, even if you're saying we're not going to win, let's say they were down three scores, it was still an opportunity to get some work in, and they they basically knelt on it and decided that they, they were going to move on to next week. I I I don't agree with that philosophy, uh, but uh, still, uh, you know, the Browns got better this week. You know, I don't. I, I don't know if a lot of people are going to agree with that. Maybe when people get the film or Raiders start talking about it or whatever, I, but I think they, they got better. Um, and that's ultimately what we're trying to see from this team each and every week. The point is to, you know, you get wins any way you can get them. I don't care. Uh, you know, if they're ugly, pretty, whatever, just get wins. Uh, you're two and one and you're a team that is more inclined to be better at the end of the year at the, than at the beginning of the year, just by virtue of where you're, your uh, sort of trend is going as long as guys don't, you know, get brutalized by injuries uh, and, and get lost for the season. And you're two and one at, you know, against two very beatable opponents. There's no question about that. The Bengals and Washington were not very good. These were teams that, you know, the Browns looked like they had a big uh, advantage in against coming uh, into the season and they, 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 they made it happen. So they're two and one uh, they're on the right track. And then they have to go play a Dallas team. That's, playing in Seattle right now. So it's hard to know what's going to happen. It's not a good matchup in terms of mm-hmm. the Browns de- defense against that offense. 
but they don't the, uh, Dallas doesn't really have a defense. So, you know, who knows what to make of that game? It's a big road game. Dallas has fans. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if you, if you can win that game, you know, you're, you're suddenly right in the thick of things. And if you lose, it's not the end of your world, but it's a big opportunity for them to sort of show who they are and, and prove it because Dallas has been bad. They should be on too, but the Falcons who, by the way, should again, be kicked out of the league for today. Uh, they did it again. Um, should just thir- thir- 31 teams starting next week. Move on. Next team, that team gets a bye. Uh, they, you know, Dallas has not been good and they have, have to get a lot better. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. If the Browns can go in there and, and continue to get better, then they may come out with a win. It's a tough road game. Uh, but uh, they've only played one division game so far. They've got all those uh, – or two division games. They've, they've got the yeah. Steelers twice, the Ravens again, and they're hoping to be able to build and compete with those. The Steelers again look sluggish against Houston. Uh, they, they got the win. Uh, and again, this is this is their attitude. They don't care as long as they win. Uh, it wasn't pretty. They they had to eke it out at the end, twenty eight twenty one. But they get a win, and they're trying to get better. So, you know, the, you're in an opportunity where the Browns can can sort of start seizing control and taking shape this season. And um, well, just on the Houston Texans front, this team is zero and three, zero and three. Yeah, uh, maybe because DeAndre Hopkins has a bunch of kids. Who's not the correct approach to trade him away, Bill O'Brien? So whatever happened there, good luck with that. Um, and yes, you know, obviously, you know, Pittsburgh moves three and zero. Baltimore Ravens will play Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. The other one I wanted to get to here, Pete, was the hard count to which essentially ended the game. Um, beautiful, smart, and you know, this is more of you know where you see maybe this team is going. We've talked about the adjustments they made during the game. And, you know, right, you're doing this. Now we got to do this back and forth. And Chris Spielman, credit to him, talking about cutback lanes being available. Apparently, almost like he was in Nick Chubb's ear. They started to pick up on that stuff. But the hard count. And, you know, obviously with the adjustments that were being made, just smart. And, you know, overall, Pete, and just a better feeling about this franchise. Because once that game got to 2017, last year, even maybe 2018 at times, certainly 2017 and years in the past, that game would have went from 20 to 17 to 33, 17, 35, 17, be it whatever. But to be able to make things like this, where it's the, you know, adjusting, you did this, you know, the, the yin to the yang, the, the smart things of, you know, uh, adjusting on the fly as they did putting, you know, let's go hard count here and see if we can even get an established veteran like Ryan Kerrigan to essentially end this game, you know, just due to trying to make an opportunity. This is stuff we're not accustomed to, Pete, with this franchise and talking about this show, and it gives you hope. And, again, look, you ain't giving it back, and who cares if it was pretty? And, God, does anybody really give a shit? I mean, like, I mean, you go have a couple of drinks. Oh, man, that drink was crap. Look, you're trying to get a buzz on. You don't give a shit if the drink was good or not. You're trying to get a buzz going here. But we're starting to see some things here with this franchise, Pete, that we're not accustomed to, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I, look, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think I think Chris Spielman's a fantastic commentator. He gets a lot of grief. A lot of people don't like him. I don't get it. Again, but I'm on the opposite thing with Lewis Riddick. I don't get Lewis Riddick. A lot of people love him. He kind of so, gives you like the defensive Tony Romo side of it. Like he, like he, he kind of gives you like a Romo side of it. 
Like he talks about things and they come back in spades pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I just like the way he he thinks about the game. He he he's he talks about it like a coach does in terms of like especially when he gets passionate about tackling because tackling in this league is so bad and the Browns were awful tackling. Uh but uh oh, he 100%. recognized he recognized that cutback lane early. He called it out immediately and then the Browns came back to it, which you know, to me says that the Browns have a very competent play calling operation going. You know, last year we didn't you know, we, we, we found out later that Todd Munkin was, you know, basically ignored after the game plan and, and kitchens would go on these, just call plays like off the cuff and stuff that hasn't been even practiced and receivers were getting it wrong because they hadn't done it. And then, you know, in this case, you've got, uh, uh, you know, who knows who everybody gets focused on who's making the play call, but you know, Alex Van Pelt is sitting there working with his guys as Stefanski's on the other, uh, either talking, listening or talking to defensive coaches or special teams coaches. He's getting things ready. They've got uh, their, their, their uh, uh, data guy. And I can't remember his name. Who uh, was with 49ers for a couple of years, but uh, that guy's obviously in there giving him statistics on some of those things like the fourth down going forward on fourth and seven. Like that's, it sounds like it was, you know, a radical idea, but it wasn't, it was, you know, it was a pretty, pretty good uh, choice by the numbers and they converted it. Uh, They had to settle for a field goal later in that drive, but nevertheless. uh, So you just feel like there's a real operation going on. Like there is a productive thought process with it because it's never just the guy who calls plays. There's a whole bunch of people, especially when it's the head coach. So you have to rely on those guys uh, to be able to do their job and give you valuable input. And it seemed like, they, you know, were, were working on it. And when they had the cutback run, they came back to and Nick Chubb scored. You know, that's one of those where that's a big, that's a great feeling for that play calling operation that you were able to sort of find this weakness or this opportunity and, and, and you hit it. Uh, and that's that's a great feeling as a coach and, and, and somebody who's designing offense and calling plays. So that's that's really uh, good to see. It, it sounds to me like this coaching staff is – you know, at least for the moment, is sort of the polar opposite of the last one. They have plans. They stick to them. They don't. Um, they don't panic, uh, even though fans did, and they just executed and, and worked and uh, got found 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 the way to sort of punch their whole punch punch their way into the end zone, which is what happened, and they ultimately won as a result. Yeah, I mean, and so just a great day. I mean, look, I mean, it, not pretty. But look, I mean, you're talking about a winning streak here. You're talking about a team that's over 500, first time since 2014, certainly for the first time for me. Again, guys, since I've been doing this, covering this show for, since 2017. So you just feel good about yourself and, you know, boxing match, chess match, whatever you want to use, you know, counterpoint, counterpoint, you do this, I do that. And you know, hopefully, I think we're starting to see some signs of, you know, a franchise being competent with a roster with the folks in charge in the front office and certainly within your coaching staff. This will put a bow on your week three post-game show from Locked On Browns. Victory Monday for Pete. Make sure you're checking everything out. Brandon, Sean, Pete, they are busting their butts over uh, at Browns Digest on SA.com. So make sure you're checking out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns, you know, DMs are open. Follow back account, five star ratings, reviews, iTunes, Spotify. Guys, keep flooding that stuff. 
I actually got a couple of things to give away, and we'll probably get to that either you know later tonight or tomorrow. A couple of t-shirts to give away from fine folks over at Zabo Apparel. Love those guys. You know that and love their product. Enjoy it. Bask in it. Two and one. You get seven days to feel about this. We roll on down to Dallas. Next Sunday, a couple of boys, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, headed back to Texas. Obviously, for them, got to be a huge, huge deal to go play in the star, to go play in that stadium where they grew up, building like that, playing against a franchise that was prominent where they both grew up. Looking forward to that. But again, enjoy the moment. Two and one. Victory Monday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.